Welcome to Compliance Pointers, where we take an in-depth look into the latest news, trends, and challenges surrounding information security, privacy, and marketing compliance. Let's dive in with your host, Jordan Eisner. So welcome to Compliance Pointers. I'm today's host, Jordan Eisner, and the VP of Sales for Compliance Point, a mid-sized consulting firm specializing in helping organizations scale and reduce risk by maturing data security and privacy operations. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you do that today. I'm joined by Brandon Breslin, a senior manager from our assurance group and the leader of our PCI practice. In addition to Brandon, I'm joined by John Barbia, a senior security consultant here at Compliance Point. Both Brandon and John are qualified security assessors, QSAs, by the PCI Council. So today we're going to be talking about a very timely and common topic of late, what your organization needs to do as it prepares for the new PCI DSS 4.0 standard. But before we dive into the Q&A, um, let's get to know the guests a little more. So Brandon, let's start the intros with you. Tell us a little about your background, um, and I think more importantly, right, for the listeners, your expertise in PCI. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jordan, and and thanks for having John and I on here. So I've been in the PCI space, or really the cybersecurity and compliance space, for a little over a decade now. Um, been in a few different organizations of different sizes. I've worked in uh, numerous different industries with uh, clients or customers of of different sizes and complexities, everything from healthcare, financial services, retail, entertainment, hospitality, um, government. Um, and then, you know, from there, different, of course, assessment types, right? So everything from consulting, which is non-attest services, to attestation services, what you would normally see in the PCI space, compliance validations, um, report on compliance, SAQs, or, you know, co-attesting SAQs. Um, and every pretty much everything in between outside of the PCI space, a few different other areas within security and compliance, but I know today's focus is PCI. Okay, no, very helpful. Thank you for that, Brandon. And John, how about you? Uh, my background is in, in hospitality and uh, travel technology, um, been involved in information security for some time. Uh, Became more and more involved in, in uh, PCI in 2015. Um, I became a QSA and I've been doing uh, PCI assessments uh, since then. Um, like Brandon, um, across all industries. Um, and I've been involved in uh, or been involved in the development of um, PCI 4.0 in that I saw the um, the first and second rounds of, of the uh, of the standard as they were published by the council uh, provided feedback on um, like uh, many others in the, in the industry um, and then I'm quite familiar with uh, with PCI 4.0 and uh, and the uh, all the re the requirements that are going to need to be met. Well, good deal. Maybe we can test some of that knowledge here today on this podcast as we get into some of these questions. So, well, uh, it's great having both of you on. Let's uh, let's dive in. So, the first thing, right, where everybody wants to start, tell us about the timeline, right? So, uh, where we are in the transition period, what are the deadlines for meeting 4.0 requirements? 
Uh, we're getting close, right? I, I think on some of this, but maybe not to feed the the answer too much. You know, tell us about that, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are mid transition right now within three, two, one to four zero. Uh, so, so maybe for those that are not aware, the council has already released the standard. Um, they had a few RFC or requests for comment phases where they were going through asking for feedback from different QSA companies, just like us, a compliance point. Um, and we are now at the point where the standards already been released and many QSA companies, including ourselves, are doing 4.0 assessments, right? So as it relates to consulting and compliance validations, we are already recommending all of our customers to move to 4.0. As it relates to the specific transition timeline, we are, um, as we record this podcast, we're in quarter four of 2023. So we're getting close to um, the process of 321 being retired. So the timing of 321 being retired is at the end of Q1 of 2024. So this upcoming Q1, that's March 31. So the end of that month. After that, the council has already gone out and said no more PCI compliance validation assessments, which would be an, with an AOC, a rock and an AOC, or an SAQ and an AOC, can no longer be performed on 321 after that date. So for those hearing that, of course, if you are not already thinking about 4.0, you need to be thinking about 4.0 right now. Um, I will say for the specific new requirements that we'll get into in a little bit, those mostly are future dated. So we're in a grace period right now until 3-31-2025. So most of the new requirements, technical operational controls that have to be implemented in your organization, you really have over a year, almost a year and a half right now to implement those. But I will say, like I mentioned earlier, we're recommending all of our customers to, for, to move to 4.0 so that you can start to learn the new requirements, so that you can start to implement some of these changes or at least gather key stakeholders to start to implement some of these changes before the grace period ends so that you're not running into a, a potential non-compliance situation when that time comes because it will come very quickly so you know if i'm reading right what you were just saying you could do a 4.0 assessment and your report on compliance could be for 4.0, but you could have some of those technical controls not yet in place. Is that accurate? Yep, that's accurate. So right now we are the council and is already accepting 4.0 assessments. So AOCs that are submitted to card brands, they're fully accepted right now. And as it relates to the 4.0 controls, like you just mentioned, you don't actually have to have them implemented right now. So for us as a QSA company, we would still offer that opportunity to say hey have you guys implemented anything if not that's okay we will mark that as a best practice so that there's no you know hitting to the compliance status right you're not taking the hit on on mm -hmm. that or there's no risk at this point to that compliance status i will say there are two requirements that have to be implemented right out of the gate for 4.0 so in your assessment at the time of the rock because the date on the rock is the as of compliance date you have to have roles and responsibilities identified for each of the areas, and then you also have to have your scope documented. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. So that could help, I think, alleviate some of the hesitation to just go ahead and go forth with 4.0. Absolutely. Grandfather didn't know that some of those controls, even though they're not, you know, a steadfast requirement until maybe a year from March of next year. Okay. Good to know. 
Um, so, John, we'll go to you. One thing we've done, you know, coming up to this point and well beforehand is bridge assessments for 4.0, gap assessments for 4.0. Um, maybe bridge isn't even something that is too meaningful anymore with the timeline on it. Maybe it is, and maybe we're talking about the same thing, a bridge, a gap. Um, but uh, talk about some some strategies for effectively conducting those and, uh, you know, what each of them means. Uh, I think as, as Brandon said, um, one of the uh, the uh, key changes um, is that you have to understand and document your scope, um, and that's going to be a requirement right out of the gate. So uh, you're going to have to hand the documentation to your assessor at the beginning of the assessment. So uh, that's going to need to be addressed with, with some priority. Uh, but uh, you need to understand the changes in the requirements. So uh, I think the, as part of your analysis, you need to highlight the uh, the key changes between version 3.2.1 and version 4.0 and um, emphasize the, the uh, new requirements. Uh, and I think this, this awareness is, is vital in in um, formulating a plan uh, to effectively uh, move to or transition to, to version 4.0. Um, once you understand what the new requirements are, uh, you need to evaluate your current security controls against the, uh, the new requirements. And um, you know, map those out because the, the mapping provides a, a roadmap for the adjustments that you're going to have to make in, in, your, uh, in your controls. Uh, policies and procedures, very often uh, those are thought about towards the end of the uh, process in, in any uh, technology project, uh, but the policies and the documentation of I've always been an important part of PCI DSS. Um, so the uh, existing policies and procedures need to be updated to realign with, um, with the updated PCI requirements. And you need to identify gaps in the, in the documentation um, at the same time as you designing your new controls and uh, your strategy for, for meeting the uh, requirements. Uh, your personnel need to be aware of the changes. Uh, you need to, to educate your employees on the new requirements and, um, and emphasize their roles in, in maintaining the uh, compliance. So that is, a, uh, that is one of the, uh, the changes that is required out the gate. Uh, so an informed team uh, is essential for uh, meeting PCI 4.0. And I'm sure that I'm sure that list goes on, right? For some of the other things, and maybe that's the the essence of the importance of the bridge or the gap assessment, yes. right? To your point, and yeah, yeah. so one of the things you talked about in your answer, John, was the changes from 3.2.1 to 4.0, uh, you know, or the delta of them, or you know, transitioning that. So to me, that's more a bridge, right? right. And and a traditional, and maybe we're getting carried away here in semantics on a gap assessment first a bridge assessment, but for organizations that maybe have already been 3.2.1, it's important to understand the differences, the bridge, educate the organization on it, right? Policy, 
big changes are going to have to take effect between the two. For companies coming at this for the first time, PCI, right, or maybe moving up to level one, that's where we would recommend, you know, maybe a bigger gap assessment. Yeah, I think that uh, that makes sense. I think you, uh, you know, we we haven't even spoken about addressing the uh, technology stack. Um, so they may there uh, may be some some technology uh, changes that need to be uh, need to be made. But for any organization, they're going to have to understand what the changes are and their applicability to their environment. Um, before before you determine what the uh, what the changes are uh, going to need to be made to the technology stack as well. And if I can jump in as well, Jordan, just to to hit on the point that you just mentioned, just to kind of add on to what John has said, as it relates to you know you hit on a, a, a something that I wanted to touch on, which is you know those that have done a three two one assessment versus those that have never done PCI before, and they're kind of having to jump right into four zero. I will say, you know, at Compliance Point, since we we kind of offer that methodology, right, of if we have a current customer already, we can leverage some of that evidence and do an inquiry-only bridge to cover some of those new requirements. Whereas if we have a customer that we want to bring on for the first time, we would want to still do some of that evidence gathering base to understand where those compliance gaps are. It may be a smaller subset of sampling that we would do for a full compliance validation assessment, but it gives us a good holistic picture of before we do the full assessment, where are you right now as it relates to compliance? What are the you know what are the key areas that we need to hone in on to tailor that assessment for you? Okay, yeah, good stuff. Thanks. Well, well, Brandon, keeping with you, and you had alluded to this earlier. We talked about organizational you know awareness. Um, Let's dive a little deeper in that, right? The importance of engaging all the stakeholders early on and assigning roles and responsibilities, right, for the uh, for the engagement. Yeah, absolutely. So that's critical, right? I mean, as it relates to step, really step 1A is enga engaging key stakeholders. So that would be internally and externally as well. A lot of people forget about the external piece. But first, you know, sticking with internal, having senior management or executive buy-in, um, communicating early and often, and then really, you know, rolling into that new requirement of identifying roles and responsibilities for each of those compliance or security areas within the PCI requirements, right? So everything from network management, system hardening and build management, um, data flows, you know, web encryption, anti-malware handling, you know, patching, change management, user access, all of those key areas. Now there are requirements to John's point earlier that have to be implemented right out of the gate in your first 4.0 assessment that need to be assigned and not only assigned, but formally communicated and trained on, right? So that those individuals understand, hey, this is their responsibility and they have to follow through with that on a yearly basis because Compliance is not, you know, a one-time thing. It's a it's a continuous process. Um, so having those roles and responsibilities allow accountability, but they also allow flexibility, and they also allow pe more people involved in the assessment process, right? So it's pretty clear the council is is moving towards that security as a continuous process, more involvement um, organization wide. 
as it relates to third parties or cust or even customers or other you know service providers that you work with making sure that you understand your reporting requirements and what you need to do before you go down the path of compliance right and then of course the you know the big piece as well as engaging with the qsa you want to make sure that you're engaging with the qsa early and often and then having those conversations and we'll get into this in a little bit but having QS, a QSA as an expert in the process to help you along as kind of hand in hand partner there. Yeah. And I was going to ask about, you know, developing an effective transition plan for an organization with without a QSA, um, you know, but it sounds like we've actually talked about a lot of it. Maybe there's more you would add bridge assessments, gap assessments, uh, engaging the stakeholders, roles, and responsibilities, right? The technical controls that we are going to dive in after this and what needs to change there. What what else? You know, what are we missing, if anything, from an effective transition plan from a high level? I think we've uh, I think we we um, hit on on the points. Uh, one key that I think I would emphasize is to um, this is for PCI in general, as well as the transition to 4.0 is uh, to form a cross-functional team, um, so involve IT, um, security, compliance, um, depending on your organization, uh, you may be involving legal as well. So collaboration uh, fa facilitates a, a holistic approach. Um, okay. And to, to get the leadership support uh, to ensure that you have the resources and the priority to be able to uh, to implement what needs to be changed prior to uh, your next assessment. Yeah, that that's a great one, John. I really like that having the cross-functional teams. That that ensures your business is aligned across organizationally, not just in the security and compliance space, but it'll aligns those goals to your internal objectives as well. I would also say another one is is timing, right? So earlier in the podcast, we talked about um, the transition period where we are right now as it relates to that, the transition to 4.0 for, for every organization before it gets retired. Um, having that transition time uh, or plan align with the timeline, right? So, you know, not waiting until the last minute and then you're scrambling trying to figure out, oh, wait, what do we need to do to move to 4.0? really getting involved early communicating early and setting up a plan and approach early so that you have that flexibility if things go awry or things don't go the way you expected them to go yeah good stuff so we've talked about it right 4.0 and the technical controls and uh, how we're going to dive into those so these are going to span across security compliance areas. How can organizations identify right these new technical operational controls and effectively implement them? Yeah. So I mean, at this point, if we're kind of talking through the stages of the transition plan and you're now getting to a point where you want to identify those controls and implement them, you've already identified key stakeholders. You've engaged with a QSA. You've you've mapped out a transition plan and aligned it with your goals and objectives and timelines. Now the next piece is understand the new requirements, right? 
Um, but before you can understand the new requirements, you have to understand your own scope. So if you are a new organization or not a new organization, but if it's your first time going through PCI for the first time, or if it's um, something that you know, you're not familiar with, again, get with your QSA, figure out what your scope is. Ultimately, it's your responsibility as the organization or the entity being assessed to, to own that scope. And the QSA can validate that scope, but, but the QSA can assist in that process and provide guidance. So once you have your scope documented, which is going to be everything that stores, processes, or transmits cardholder data, plus anything that's connected to that cardholder data environment or provides security services to that, um, is going to be in scope for your assessment. Once you understand your scope, then you can go down and understand the new requirements. The PCI Security Standards Council has published a number of resources out there, the full PCI DSS, which is not a you know quick read, of course. So they have a summary of changes document that's about 36, 37 pages, so a little bit easier to manage. Um, and then they have, of course, all the templates that are out there as well. But really, I, I want to hone in on the biggest piece is working with your QSA understanding the new requirements and understanding what is more relevant to your scope specifically because there are so many new requirements out there and it can be a little overwhelming for an organization especially that's never gone down this path before so really getting to a point where you understand which requirements are relevant specifically to your organization and where you want to get to um, that'll help you be able to, to to have a tailored assessment to what's relevant to you When you say not gone down this path before, you're talking about 4.0. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So even if you've done 3.2.1 or whatever PCI in the past, right? Yeah. I, I will say if it's, you know, the where the nuances can come into play is if it's your first time doing a PCI assessment, focusing on what is the scope is going to be a bigger overhaul than somebody that's already gone through 3.2.1. Because if you've already gone through 3.2.1, you already know what your scope is. Unless you have some significant changes or, you know, major architectural changes, personnel, turnover, things like that, that could affect the scope or process changes. And you would want to understand that. But if it's your first time going through 4.0, uh, you know, many organizations from what I've seen and I'm sure John has seen as well, is they want to dive right into it and say, hey, well, what are the requirements? Well, hold on. Before we get to the requirements, let's make sure we have the scope documented because there are some requirements that are that may be not applicable for your environment. Let's see. All right. We talked about some flexibility earlier, right? Uh, you know, some of the controls not being a steadfast requirement until maybe a year out from March of next year, so 2025, so grace period. Um, what else? What other options has the council provided? John, for instance, right? Uh, what other things can organizations expect to be given a little leeway on? Uh, PCI 4.0 introduced uh, the concept of <clears throat> the uh, customized approach. So we have a defined approach in each requirement and a customized approach. And the defined approach is pretty similar to, to uh, what you're used to in the past. The customized approach uh, allows the organization to implement custom security controls um, where you're meeting the objective of the uh, PCI requirement. So each requirement has an objective and you design your security controls 
to meet those objectives. So it, it approaches, uh, it gives the organization flexibility, uh, but it also requires more effort and and expertise to uh, to implement and maintain. Um, so it's best suited for organizations that have a um, mature security posture, as well as a, a strong understanding of PCI DSS. Uh, the organization should be able to use uh, new and, and innovative security technologies to, to meet their security objectives. Um, and the organization should be able to demonstrate that their security controls um, are effective in, in protecting cardholder data. Uh, it requires documentation and uh, testing the controls, and um, it needs to include uh, you know, manual and automated tests to make sure that the, the uh, controls are operating as intended. But it, the benefits of the customized approach is it provides uh, flexibility um, and the ability to use new and, and innovative security technologies. It could also reduce the cost of controls by um, eliminating the need for controls that you that you maintaining purely to to meet compliance and not uh, that is not really effective in in uh, in meeting a security uh, uh, security control. You know, something that you're maintaining just for compliance. Hmm. Uh, but it, it, the, uh, there are also some challenges to it. You need the, you need the expertise in PCI DSS. You need to engage a QSA throughout the process, right to the beginning of the design and the um, designing the uh, testing procedures. And uh, it also introduces risk of non-compliance uh, if the if the uh, controls are not. Uh, properly designed and, in, and implemented and maintained. Uh, there's also the some flexibility that is uh, introduced with PCI 4.0 in that you are required to conduct a targeted risk analysis in determining how often you, uh, you perform certain periodic requirements. So uh, you, the, uh, how often you perform these uh, functions is going to be determined by the risk assessment that you um, that you conduct to to uh, determine what the risk is to your particular organization and how you're addressing that risk. Got it. Okay. Thank you, John. Well, we've mentioned QSA, the importance of having a QSA, Please consult a QSA, talk to QSA, all these things, right, several times. So um, sort of put in a bow on 4.0 and organizations and what they can do themselves and the importance of working with their third party, not just for the attestation, Brandon, but for consulting, for advisory support, right, for, for I think, limiting potential risk, of course, but also, you know, gaps in compliance or, or mistakes or errors or things that they might miss that can make the process take more time and, and potentially more money. What role does the QSA need to play? When you should when should you engage a QSA? Yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, like I mentioned earlier, QSAs, they're, they're an expert in the space, right? I mean, similar to any other aspect in life, you, you would want to hire an expert in that in that area to, to get recommendations and to get guidance. Um, the PCI space is no different, right? So QSAs, for those that don't know, are qualified security assessors. Those are um, certified individuals and, and companies, such as Compliance Point is one of them, um, to be able to perform compliance validation assessments for other organizations. Um, I will say there are independence requirements for QSAs. So as a QSA, we have to stay independent of any process improvement or, or changes of controls, uh, things like that. But we can provide guidance and recommendations, and we can also provide an attestation or um, an evaluation of the environment to determine its compliance status or not. I will say a compliance point, something that um, it kind of separates us from others is that we have a separate team that can do some of those implementations or, or remediation, right? Or uh, to be able to, um, you know, follow the, the independence requirements, but not breach those, um, which allows us that flexibility to have a one-stop shop for compliance. As it relates to the QSA involvement, should be uh, engaging early with QSA, um, not just from communication, but also um, walking through if, if you're going to have a significant change, right? Or if you're going to have, if you want to understand which controls you have to implement to be able to be compliant with 4.0, those types of conversations are critical with the QSA. As a QSA, we also interpret the requirements, right? So other QSA companies may interpret requirements in different ways, but we have a pretty strong methodology for how we interpret requirements. We have a pretty wide, um, diverse in, in backgrounds and experiences of QSAs on our team. Um, so we're always up to date on all the latest guidance from the council. So having having a resource that's dedicated to being an expert in the compliance field, security field, specifically as it relates to PCI is invaluable. Well said, well said. All right, well, I think that about does it. Um, Brandon, John, thank you for your time today. Thank you to our listeners. As mentioned, make sure you subscribe and don't miss future episodes. And for those of you already subscribed, please be sure to leave a review, maybe comments on some topics that you're interested in hearing about. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about Compliance Point, Brandon made some great points there on our PCI services. Uh, check us out online, compliancepoint.com. Inquire with us at connect at compliancepoint.com. We can reach out to Brandon, John, or me directly on LinkedIn. Thanks and see you next time. Thanks, Jordan. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks.